This week on The Wise Guys. I've never heard of a guy robbing robbing someone at gunpoint with a suit. That's true. Or with a with a button up and and you know and some slacks. 100%. I've never heard of that. I've never heard of that. I've either. never heard of them say you fit the description. The guy had on a, a blue suit with a with a <laughs> with a bow tie. He was in the nation. He had glasses. He, yeah. he had a top hat on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, and some people say, "Oh, you know, you're you're living scared. I, I'm just living smart." Yo, yo, yo! What's up, everybody? This is Kevin Unglad, and you are now tuning in to the Wise Guys Podcast, brought to you by Flowered Concrete. Check it out. Yo, 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 yo! What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? This is your boy, Kevin Unglad. And this is Mark Pruden. And we're back, man, for another week of the Wise Guys Podcast, man. Back in Brooklyn once again. Yes, sir. Man, Mark, man. I like, I like this spot, man. Yeah, man, this is a nice chill spot, man. It's a nice chill vibe. Absolutely. New studio. Mm-hmm. New environment, new ambiance, new aura. That's right. Man, uh, yo, shout out, shout out to you for uh, making me feel welcome here, man. Making me come back to... Uh, uh, my place of birth. I was actually born in Brooklyn. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, it's a blessing to have you here, man. Yeah, man. I was actually born in Brooklyn, and I, I think um, my mom and dad they moved us out to Queens somewhere within the six to nine month period of me being a baby. They're like, we're not gonna have our son become a drug dealer. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta be out of here. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, yeah, we're back. Absolutely. I, it's, it's it's great to be back, man. I'm feeling yeah. good. How about you? I'm feeling good, Mark. This is uh, episode twelve, man. 12. Parenthood. Okay. Episode 12, Parenthood. Shout out to Tazia. Tazia, sweetheart, um, I forget your last name, but shout out to you because you requested that we have an episode based on parenting and parenthood and you DM this uh, topic to us when we were first starting up the show. So I thought it would be nice to show her love to actually, you know, give the fans what they want and kind of contribute to a topic that they'd like to hear. That's right. Yeah, man. Hey, this is three episodes in a row in which we're not only recording live in person because, you know, I live in Hartford and you still live back here in New York, but also just great sound quality, man. Yeah, definitely. It's it's great to, to have that crisp audio. Yeah. You know, everybody enjoys that. No yeah. distractions. Everything's clear. It's lovely. It's beautiful, man. Definitely, man. Um, kind of want to get right into it, man. Yeah, uh, we've got a lot to talk about with this one. So as I said before, Mark, episode 12 is about parenthood, man. Uh, so the first segment is called The Laws of Parenting, all right? So The Laws of Parenting, a timeline, black motherhood and fatherhood, all right? It's going to get pretty interesting here. Mm. So my first question is, does race, culture, and identity play a part in the raising of children? So does race, one's culture, and their personal identities play a part in the raising of Children, what do you think? I think so, for sure. Um, the reason being is most parents are going to raise their child according to what they've learned in their life. Yeah. And let's say someone isn't exposed to, you know, let's say something like finance or wealth building. How can they teach their kids that if they've never been exposed to it? Absolutely. So they'll naturally be deprived. Right. That that can go for any topic. You mm-hmm. know, whether it's you know, just being nurturing or or just a, a wide variety of, of things that you would teach a child if, if that parent doesn't have that. Right. They can't learn it because I, I'm sure with different races come different, uh, different resources. I, I like I, we all know that 
our people have limited resources compared to to white people or, yeah. or Jewish and stuff like that. So it's it's clear that with those resources, they will have the ability to teach your children how to use these resources. Yeah, true. We we have to take it upon ourselves to find that information and, and learn it to give our children. But what if we don't receive that information? Right. Then, then, then that generation will be deprived. It's excellent that you say that, man, because a lot of today's topics actually cover what you just talked about. Right. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to really get into the meat of this, man, and it's going it's, uh, it's, it's gonna to be a bit, uh, uh, I don't want to say touchy, but it's gonna, we're going to be touching a few sensitive topics here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was reading a couple of articles as I was compiling research for this episode, and uh, one thing that I noticed to be the uh, recurring theme across a lot of these articles from like The Nation, The Root, the Atlanta Black Star Journal is that black parenting is often based as a political act. I'll break that down to you. Black parenting often being based as a political act. So oftentimes in the black community, you usually have one parent, whether it's the mom or dad, who's usually the authoritative figure, you know, very dominant, very stern, very strict, mm-hmm. raises their child with the iron fist, right? And uh, as an authoritative figure, they, they, they do their best to ensure that children are well-behaved and know how to conduct themselves in public. You get what I'm saying? Right. And so, you know, like, for example, you see Sally, Jimmy with um, Tammy and Ben at the farmer's market and, you know, you know, they're doing their own thing and, you know, and, and they're like, mommy, daddy, can I get this? Can I get that? Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But then you see, you see Tamia, you know, with, you know, uh, I hate to do this, but like Rayshawn or Tayshawn. Right. And he's like, wow, I want this. I want right. that. And he's like, you know, doing like, you know, Cupid shuffles and all these different things inside the right. store, whatever, whatnot. Right. <laughs> and so, Oftentimes, like even this week at work, I heard a parent um, who's also a coworker of mine says that she has to be on her son because she doesn't want to be embarrassed in public, especially when she's around parents of other races. Mm. That's very true. What do you think of that? So, so do you think that connects to this whole black parenting thing as a political act in terms of like, we talked about it even on episode 10 in terms of like, you know, I didn't want to be perceived, you know, as or labeled this way with my coworker because he was talking this way because me and the principal had another type of conversation. So I don't want her perception of me to change. Do you think that parents of other races when out in the public or just, you know, people of other cultures and races in general, do you think they perceive Black children as being a certain type of way if they're not well behaved. Why, why do you think parents, black parents, you know, or parents of you know color have to be this way? Well, that's the thing. I, I it's hard to say because there's children of many races that we see in public that may act out. Right. You know, we we see this often with, with many different types. So I can't say that the children are better behaved or, or, or even worse, mm-hmm. but it can just be that our, our possibly our own insecurities. Mm. Maybe we don't want our children to make such a racket. So we're very attentive to that. And we're very subconscious of that. Yeah. But, but I, I don't think that our, our children act up more than others. I think it's just that we see it as more of a, a problem mm. or, you know, we don't want that distraction. We don't want that, Attention. We just want to be, we just want to get our stuff and leave. Mm -hmm. So it may just be the way that we react to it or the way that we perceive it. Yeah. 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 I can, I definitely can see that for sure. For sure. Um, 
do you think that do you think that uh parents of color do you think that they're uh i don't want to say given a bad rap but do you think that parenting for them is 10 times harder because of the media itself and and how it sheds light on you know uh children of color um, and things of that nature. Think about it. For example, when you see a bunch of brothers being led to a courthouse or out of a vehicle in shackles when their heads down and they're being uh, sworn by the media because, I don't know, they, they robbed someplace or they were a part of a burglary and whatnot, whatever, whatnot. Do you think parents of color have this form of, uh, you know, um, treading waters? Like, they're, you know, they, 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 they want to, like, nip any form of, uh, you know, um, misbehavior early on to ensure that that isn't something that continues in the future? Yeah, I think it's fear. Uh, fear because they see the consequences. They see that maybe their neighborhood where they live is 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 obvious that that's where you'll end up. Mm. You know, because a lot of the time, a lot of our people can't control where they live. Right. So they already understand that there's pressures on the kids based on where they live right. to be involved in negative things. Absolutely. And they just, they try to do all they can to try to nip it, nip it in the bud as fast as possible. But we all know sometimes it just doesn't work. Yeah. Sometimes, you, I mean, at the end of the day... If if you're if you live in an area that's you know very you know like let's say it's gang infested let's say it's very a lot of criminal activity and your mother works two jobs mm-hmm. she can't shield you from the hood mm. because the hood's gonna raise you mm. yeah you know? it's true so it's I I think it's that fear right so they they try to do all they can to make sure that they create a, a you know a, a well behaved citizen or a well you know well-respected young man or woman, mm-hmm. it's just a fear because they know that they can't be there at all times. Absolutely. Absolutely. So and it's interesting you say all that because I actually have here that, um, you know, black parenting, right, as we said before, can, um, you know, these articles uh, pretty much said that they can be perceived or understood to be a political act also because of the fact that, you know, as opposed to white parents, black parents have to have conversations with their children about race, discrimination, injustices. And, you know, if not, you know, there will be, you know, repercussions as a form of failure to prepare for young adulthood, right? So um, Black parents raising their children um, or, you know, Hispanic, Latino, Latina parents too, you know, raising their children, um, you know, often go through uh, anxiety. And as you mentioned earlier, um, and, um, and, and act or parent out of fear because of police brutality, mass incarceration, and as well as uh, ver- verbal or physical altercations that may occur in the streets between um, a black teenager and a white teenager, or something mm-hmm. of that sort, whatever, whatnot. And I and I and this really sucks, man. Because I'm being honest with you, like wise community, I hate to make this a race thing. If this this is not about race. I'm just with this first segment of today's episode. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to do is understand how one parenting of another's race or culture differs from another because I don't think parents that have a great background or basing in terms of socioeconomics even have conversations with their children about race or about equity or imbalance or injustice within the system or have to have these conversations in general about what to do when the cops pull you over or anything like that. Right, but 
I feel the job of a parent is to prepare your child for what they're going to encounter. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to prepare my child for something that he's not going to experience. Yeah. So in that case, other races may not have to prepare for certain things mm. because it just won't happen. Mm. You know, it's just, it's just, you have to adequately prepare I and mean, you're not going to teach things that are irrelevant to their lives. Mm. It's like, no son, you don't have to ever worry about that. Yeah. I don't have to teach you that. Yeah. So I can understand. I'm curious. Growing up, did your dad have any conversations with you about racial discrimination, bias, or police brutality, or what to do if a cop ever pulled you over, or anything of the sort? No, my dad doesn't fear anything. He's the type of guy where he feels as if, you know, who you are as a person and how you represent yourself will determine your outcome. Mm. And it's true. It's true. Everyone wants to say things. And this is true. I mean, sure, these stereotypes and these... um, these biases shouldn't exist, but if I'm walking down the street and I'm sagging my pants and I have a hoodie over my head and a do-rag hanging out of my back pocket. Or a flag. Am I surprised when the cops pull me over? Yeah. No, sir, I'm not a criminal. I'm not a criminal officer, mm-hmm. but you're dressed like one. Mm-hmm. You're wearing a criminal's uniform. Mm-hmm. I mean... And, we talked about this the other day. And I'm not trying to be... <laughs> You know, I'm not trying to say that, oh, it's okay to, uh, what is the word? Stereotype, stereotype, stereotype. Or, or to, or to uh, label. I'm, that's wrong. We right. shouldn't label. Right. But if 10 people rob you wearing a hoodie and you see an 11th dude with a hoodie, are you going to run or are you going to wait for him? <laughs> that's just how it is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and it sounds racist when someone of a race says it, but it's true. Yeah. I mean- Stereotypes usually happen based on, you know, the media or personal experience. Right. If I've been robbed by someone with a do-rag on, I, if I see a do-rag again, I'm going to be like, oh, you know, I don't know about you, man, because right. this happened to me before. Yeah. Or if I was robbed by a dude that said, yo, 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 mm-hmm. the next guy that says, yo, 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 I'm going to be like, hey, man, I don't want any problems. Right, right. So it's natural human and I'm not justifying, you know, stereotyping or just, just judging, but people will judge you based off of their experiences and the experiences of others. Yeah. Whether it's true or false. Mm-hmm. But so if I know that people are judging people that are wearing certain clothing, mm-hmm. why would I wear that clothing if I know it's cause and effect? Yeah. You know what's going to happen. Why wear it? Mm. And, I, and people would say, well, that's living in a prison. You can really end up living in a prison. <laughs> you know, what I mean? you yeah. fit the description of a guy that just robbed a bank. Right. What do you mean? Well, he was wearing a do rag, a hoodie, and he was sagging his pants just like you. No, that's not me. Hands behind your back. And then what are you going to say? Yeah. I mean, I've never heard of a guy robbing, robbing someone at gunpoint with a suit. That's true. Or with a with a button up. And and you know and some slacks. 100%. I've never heard of that. I've never heard of that. I've either. never heard of them say you fit the description. The guy had on a, a blue suit with a with a <laughs> with a bow tie. He was in the nation. He had glasses. He, yeah. he had a top hat on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, and some people say, oh, you know, you're you're living scared. I, I'm just living smart. 
Absolutely. And we've had this conversation, which is why I appreciate my parents, because I feel as if they kind of gave me the um, the understanding to fit the bill, to fit the description. You right. sent me that video the other day with 50 Cent in regards to fitting the description. Right, right. And I told you what it was. One time, you know, I rolled up on one of my students in the in the grocery store and, you know, I think I might have had on, um, I'll be honest, I was in the ratchet as hell. I think I had on my PJs and like, some flip-flops and a t-shirt. Right. And I was like, yo, what's up? Blah, blah. And we're like, yo, who's this dude? You know what I'm saying? But another day, I think I was coming straight home from work after teaching along after teaching after a long day and i had i still had on my dress shirt my casual um well my, my nice shoes um my casually uh dress pants and as well as uh, my, my tie and glasses and i saw another one of my students uh, a hispanic girl and you know her grandmother saw me and she's like oh is this your teacher mind you two totally different reactions yeah like wait is this the guy from the north end like from hartford like you know maybe from like martin street or something like that or like oh is, oh this guy's your teacher what seventh grade eighth grade it's like two different bills society is extremely sensitive right now and they make it as if it is wrong to judge right when humans naturally judge mm-hmm. but what they're saying now is it's wrong to express your judgment keep it to yourself yeah yeah because we're all judging mm-hmm. all judging I mean and we can and people like to call it you know racist when other races judge us yeah but we judge each other a hundred percent. You have to judge people in your neighborhood to survive if you're in a bad neighborhood. I have to know, you know, kind of gauge, okay, what's this guy looking like? What's he up to? It's so funny you say that. Everybody judges. Yeah. I I recently was doing some studying or reading on like racial discrimination or just like biases that we have. And I'm not going to lie to you, Mark. If I'm in my car... And I'm in an unfamiliar territory, and it kind of looks like a sketchy neighborhood. And I see some kids coming up on either side of my windows with bikes. I'm going to lock my door. Yeah. And I've done it. I'm like, yo, this looks, oh, man, these look like some kind of hood dudes. Up, right. Lock my doors. You exactly. know what I'm saying? Like, it happens. And then I say to myself, come on, Kev. You're black. They're black. Why would you do that? But then I said to myself, well, better safe than sorry. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously, the black thing means nothing. I mean, right. And, and there is no justification of any type of murder or any type of crime Mm -hmm. but you know in certain areas black areas Mm -hmm. and i'm a brother yeah if i go out to certain areas and i see other brothers they may rob me it's true you know you walk down the wrong block your brothers quote unquote may rob you 100 percent. so do we start to stereotype? Do we start to judge? Do we start to to prejudge yeah. based on that experience? Yeah. I mean, I've never been robbed, but I think I know what a robber looks like. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I don't, if I'm right or wrong, I didn't get robbed today. <laughs> I went down the other block. Right. You know what I mean? Right, it's right, like, right. It's so, interesting. Yeah. It's very, very interesting. Survival. Um, survival. Survival for sure. So my second question for you today, bro. Um and um, actually, this fits into our second segment of the day, Parenting, The Next Steps, uh, segment two, Parenting, uh, The Next Steps. So more so moving away from the politicized version of right. parenting and raising children and bringing them up and more so of like the casual, um, motivational, inspiring way. Of, you know, parenting. That's where I kind of want to take this. Yep. Are parents doing a great job? And I'm talking for all parents here. Mm -hmm. Are parents doing a great job, Mark, in today's uh, day and age when it comes to setting up their children 
for success as they enter adulthood? I'll read the question again. Our parents, all types of parents, our parents doing a great job when it comes to setting up their children for success financially, emotionally, uh, um, educationally as they enter adulthood. Are, are parents setting up their own children for success in today's day and age? Well, they're all trying, but the truth is they can't. I mean, you can, I mean, through mindset, you can set up a child, I believe you can set up a child to be prepared for the future. Mm-hmm. But how can someone adequately prepare me for a future that they've never seen? Mm, yeah. Everything that they told me in school, you have to learn script. I haven't used script in a long time. I just know my name and that's about it. (laughs) Don't need to use it. Mm -hmm. All of these things that they thought were so important. Every year, your mom would tell you, third grade is the most important grade. You got to do good. Mm -hmm. Next year, fourth grade is the most important grade. You got to do good. Apparently, you don't know Mm -hmm. what's the most important grade. It's true. Maybe there's no important grade. Right. And it's just like, it's it's society's constantly evolving, constantly changing. I mean, years ago, there were were certain jobs that were untouchable. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like, I don't know. There's so many jobs that have been replaced, but like if we just look at the way drones have replaced the job of a cameraman. Yeah. All you need is a drone pilot to do it now. Yeah. I mean, we've got self-driving taxi cabs on the market now. Mm-hmm. We've got we've got so many different things. We've got truck drivers that are now totally you know, autonomous, that they, they drive themselves. Danielle opposes that, and she says she's going to have a word with you about this, but that's for another day. <laughs> and it, it doesn't matter what she thinks, right. because it's on the road already. Right. Yeah. That's the thing. It's the fear that, that tells us, oh, no, that can't happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The jobs can't go away. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, the jobs are going away. All of them. Right. They're all going away. Yeah. And, and the fear makes us think, no, 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 there has to be untouchable jobs. No, there's no untouchable jobs. Yeah. Because first of all, we don't own the companies producing true. these things. 100%. Now, if I can buy a machine that can do 10 times the work of a person and I don't have to pay it. Oh, and then it doesn't get tired. It doesn't need a vacation. <laughs> Who are you to tell me I'm not getting this robot in my factory? Right. You're the one using my product. Mm-hmm. Maybe you would enjoy the cheaper product. Yeah. So, yeah, the self-driving trucks are on the road right now. You can Google it. Uh, if you think it's a joke or some type of uh, fad, get ready because it's going. It's gone. No, it's already gone. Yeah. I mean, once you see that, pack up. Yeah. <laughs> Mark wants all the smoke right now. It's interesting. And if, I, if I was a truck driver and I saw the self-driving truck, I would park my truck. I would get out and just walk home. I would, I would leave. I would never come back. You've got to see the writing on the wall. Right. Sell the truck. It's so funny you mentioned all of this with, you know, the autonomous technology taking over and all these things uh, becoming uh, more prevalent and, you know, on the verge of becoming a full staple and stabilized within our society. Right. Because um, our parents both can't and couldn't foresee that. And that's what I mean. yeah. all they're pushing us to do is to apply and go after these same jobs that they've been telling us to get for years. In 2020, well, let's just say in 2030, if you yeah. think there's going to be a man in a seat driving a bus in circles, you're out of your mind. <laughs> if you think there's a guy going to be in, in 10 years, if you think there's going to be a guy in a train 
on a track. A conductor. Conducting the train. You're out of your mind. Right. Come on, man. It's, it's absolutely crazy. Yeah. And if you think you're still going to be holding a cell phone in 30 years, you're really out of your mind. <laughs> so why, 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 are, why are our parents telling us to become lawyers, become doctors, become EMTs, become engineers, become computer scientists? My dad wanted me to be a computer engineer and he wanted Sammy to become um, a doctor. Um, a lot of these professions that have been around for years and years and years, right? And it seems as if... Some you know come some point in time we won't need them in a, in a couple of years right even because it's their best guess for you to make money. Mm. I f- I know a doctor I know they make a lot of money. If my son can be a doctor, man, I made it. Or or man, he'd be set. He'd be set if he grew up in your generation. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd be set if if he was raised in your. Basically, you're saying you should have been a doctor, right? And now you're like, okay, if I tell my son to do it, he'll definitely be great. Right. He'll be wealthy. He'll have money. Yeah. So what they, what I think will be the road to success right now may not be what will work for my children. Absolutely. It might work for me. Absolutely. But not my children. So we have to learn that. We, it's, you just have to adapt. You can't keep saying doctor generation after generation after generation. Mm-hmm. I know. Let's put it to you this way. My new job that I have now, working as a rehab therapist at a nonprofit juvenile facility, I am, yeah, I think I'm the only male, whether under 30 or over 30 and 40, 50, I'm the only male with a master's degree. And I say that to say, there's a couple of youth mentors under me who I will be supervising, you know, I'll be supervising to implement the programs that I'm doing, whatever, whatnot. They don't have... A college degree, or they did some college and they dropped out, and they, all they have is like their high school diploma or their GEDs. Right. But then it kind of worries me as to why their thinking may connect to that of my parents, because they said that you don't need education in terms of the conventional college route to be a success, because that's how they feel, and which I'm sure you would agree with. Mm-hmm. But then they want their kids to go to college. I don't get it. Well, yeah, that means they don't practice. They don't believe what they preach. You know, they don't. They don't mm. actually believe what they're saying. I was like, well, how does that even make sense? If you're saying you don't need college, but then you want your kids to become college. And they said, they're like, yeah, we're being very hypocritical right now. But no, they have to go. I didn't go, but they need to go. He's basically saying, if I went, I would be much more successful than I am. Mm -hmm. But since I didn't. Right. I'm just going to stick with this. Right. You know, I'm just going to, uh, you know what I mean? Just make, just try to feel as if I did the right way. Yeah. But they're acknowledging that they apparently went the wrong route. That's really, really interesting. Um, excellent. And so I have this final question for you, man. Um, what are the next steps for parents moving forward as the world continues to change? What are the next steps for parents moving forward as the world continues to change? And how can they better themselves or add a certain value that best suits their children? I think it's just going to come down to like mindset, you know, because you can't really predict the technological advancements mm-hmm. that come up in the world. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. You can only prepare your child to have an open mind so that he can enter these new fields. Like a lot of people can't even accept that there's autonomous driving Mm. and that buses are going to drive themselves. Trains are going to drive themselves. They don't have the open mind necessary to to, to break into these fields. Right. And it's going to pass them by. Yeah. So it's just going to come down to mindset, having an open mind. I hear you. Yeah. That's hard to to teach, you know, because we're so close minded and we all focus on the same things. But yeah. 
I think that's the only way. Yeah, man. Um, I don't know if I mentioned it before, but I'm going to say it right now, man. Uh, well, I think we did, but shout out to, to Tazia. She wanted to make sure that we talked about it on yeah, today's episode. Yeah, sure, for sure. So, Tazia, I hope you enjoy this one. This one's for you. I hope you really, really get a lot out of this. Um, is there anything else we need to cover, man? I think that's about everything. You know, we hit a lot of good points. For sure, for sure. Yep. So, uh, let's close out with our final segment, Word to the Wise. Um, I'll let you go first. Uh, what's your word to the wise today in regards to this topic of parenthood and parenting in general? I mean, I just say, back to what I said previously, you know, just try to encourage an open mind. Don't try to put, you know, barriers around thinking. Mm-hmm. We have to think outside the box in yeah. order to truly, you know, invest in the right things and, and be successful because the world's constantly changing. Yeah, agreed. My word would just be release. For parents out there, release your children to the world. They will never grow and become the total package that they'd like to in, 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 in terms of like coming into fruition if you do not allow them to overcome the obstacles, you know, that, you know, that will come throughout their way. Like it's like a lion, right? A lion trying to shield and guard his cubs from like the, the wild. Eventually that cub is going to have to learn how to get out there into the, to, into the jungle and hunt, right? Exactly. It's going to have to become yeah. a lion in its own man in its own, right? Let him go. So you got to let him go. So release. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Uh, any other last words to part upon the, the folks of the wise community before we leave? Or? I think we hit the nail on the head, man. I agree. So as we said before, this podcast is available, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Stitcher Radio, um, Anchor, YouTube. Man, I'm on a roll. Yeah, wherever podcasts are found. Absolutely. Yep, pretty much. For sure, for sure. So, yeah, man. Um, so next week's episode, episode 13, which is Young and Broke Part 3, features Mandy Velez. Uh, I know, you're, you know you won't be able to make the interview because you got some things going on. But right. it'll be interesting to talk to her about, you know, being 102K in debt for student loans and how she kind of came out of that. Yeah, she's got plenty of tips and, you know, just ideas towards, you know, breaking that chain. For sure, for so, sure. So, uh, Wise Community, I, yeah. So, Wise Community, I think you guys are going to be very, very, very in for a treat with this next episode. So, until next week, this is your boy, Kevin Unglad. This is Mark Cruden. And we are the Wise Guys Podcast. We'll see you next week. Stay wise. <laughs>